Welcome to the Casual Fridays REI podcast, where you'll learn about the wildly profitable niche of land investing. Active land investors Adam Southey and Justin Sleva are here to share their experiences with you so that you can learn how to build massive cash flow and huge profits from this highly lucrative niche. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Adam Southey and Justin Sleva. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Adam Southey here with my co-host, Justin Sleva, and this is the Casual Fridays REI podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about not forcing the value of your property. Before we do that, though, let's talk about the Plum Investment Group. Guys, do you have a property you need funding for? Plum Investment Group is your solution. Plum helps land investors grow their business by funding your raw land purchase. It's truly an awesome deal, guys. And just to be clear, this isn't a loan. Plum will actually partner with you by putting up the money for your project. So do yourself a favor. Go check out the website. It's www.pluminvestmentgroup.com. Hey. What's up? Nothing. It's Wednesday. Yeah, I'm tired. We just had a big lunch. I know. You took my bay took me out, fed me a big old cheese. You break. paid. I did, didn't I? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was nice. Yeah. It was nice. It was after my nine Krispy Kreme donuts in less than 10 hours because it was double dozen dollar day. That's a, that's a lot. I'm not, I mean, because Krispy Kreme puts it on Dude, thick. Uh, I don't. I don't like Krispy Kreme. That's, that's no secret here. But wait, <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. I want that. I don't. I believe you're probably the only person in Podcastville that does not like a hot Krispy Kreme donut. I would say that's a stretch to say everyone in Podcastville. Yeah, I'm not, I, I'd like to see a vote on it. In I it. would eat a Krispy Kreme donut. It's not like I'm like, oh, get that trash away from me. But if I've got the choice between Krispy Kreme or like the local neighborhood run store, maybe maybe I have to drive to the hood to go get it. That I want that one. I know the one you're talking about, and Krispy Kreme hot blows it out of the water all no day. No way, no way. There's one over by the yard. Yeah, they got bars on the window. I'm, I've I had don't, it. I don't feel safe going in there, but it's worth it because it's worth being <laughs> shot and stabbed. <laughs> yeah. for their donut. I take that over Krispy Kreme all day. So we need to come over to our Instagram or our Facebook, wherever you're following us on social media. When you see this show drop, it'll be Wednesday episode, whatever. It'll be called Forced Value or something along that nature. I want you just to put a quick hashtag, Team Crispy or Team Not Crispy. Just let us know. Y'all know I'm Team Crispy. Adam is not Team Crispy. So come on, let's settle this debate once and for all, Podcastville. Yeah. Help us out there. Yeah, I'm not saying I hate Krispy Kreme. I'm just saying if I got the you know support local. I, I support small business. Just, I don't know about doing these corporate don't, con- don't, con- con- don't, don't go there with me, mister. <laughs> No, this is about the donut being hot and served. Seven yeah. seconds. Oh, that does bring up a good point because they don't serve hot donuts anywhere. Like you can't just ask them to toss it in the microwave or something, you know? I know, right? <laughs> that Southern Maid does in Shreveport. They serve them hot, but they run in the evening. Krispy Kreme does, and it tends to be in the evening. When I see that red light on, man, my, my life gets better. My life goes from about a 90 to a 100 right then when I see that red light. Wow. I'm going to go home and I'm going to heat one up when I get there. That's going to be 10 in less than 24 hours. Yeah, and it's only halfway through the day today, so I'm sure you'll get two more in. Don't worry. The entire dozen. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Forcing the value of Krispy Kreme is what we're doing right mm-hmm. now. I don't want to spend this whole episode talking about Krispy Kreme, <laughs> but I'm, so I'm going to tell this story and I'll make it quick. Recently in the news, there was a kid who was driving 100, 150 miles and buying like 10 dozen or uh-huh. 50 dozen, something outrageous amount of Krispy Kreme donuts and then driving back to his town and he was reselling them at a profit because yeah. they didn't have Krispy Kreme there. Yeah. Krispy Kreme heard about it and shut him down. What? Yeah. And then the internet went crazy and then they worked a deal out with him to like somehow allow him to do it. 
What? Yeah. That's capitalism at its finest. I mean, they do that at schools. They run around with the Krispy Kreme donuts for a dollar for fundraising. I don't know. He's able to do it now. I think that's what I remember reading. But yeah, the initial outcry, it was like, no, shut him down. He can't do that. But somehow I think he worked out. So good for them if he's working it out. You know, that that's good because his town didn't have a Krispy Kreme. Maybe now he can he can open his own there. I don't, he can, I don't know. He can open a satellite Krispy Kreme. So he had, he had a customer base. It's not like he would go buy them and then come looking for people. Like uh-huh. people put their orders in and then he would go get them. Dude, imagine a dude showing up with one of those warmers, like the Pizza Hut warmers or Domino warmers, mm. full of just donuts. Dude, this is my hero. This guy needs a cape. <laughs> God, like guys like that. Yeah. Go getters. All right, we're talking about forcing value on properties now. Exactly. No more donuts. No more donuts. You got me lost. I forgot my train of thought on this because... <laughs> so, the, so the idea is that we've seen recently some people have kind of come back and said, well, I, this is how much um, I think the property's worth, even though I can't really see comps. Maybe there's one comp, but the rest of the comps say far they don't, less. Don't necessarily feed that. Yeah, that, and a couple different things here. So when we price... We price the blind offer, and it, it, everybody does it a little bit different. Some people do it by zip code. Some people do it by town. Some people do it by subdivision. Some people offer a percentage of what they see countywide for like-kind properties. Other people pull up the county, take the lowest price, and just split it in fours. There's a million different ways to do this. We do ours a certain way because we look for like-kind property that is recreational, 20 and above. That's the way we do it because that's what we typically shop. So what you have is you, you have the, the front side when we send blind offers, we you have the pricing for that. But then you have the value check and the, the quick due diligence we do when the property comes back to make sure it's actually worth what we thought it was worth. So I, I think we need to break it down two spots, like two ways. So the value check for the comps and then how you're actually pricing on the front side without getting too like, hey, we need a whiteboard to talk about this. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So f- the first one on the pricing for the county, mm-hmm. right? Do you want to go into that? Yeah, let's do that. That's, and I think that's because that's the first part of the process is picking that. If, if you do by the county or you do by the zip code or you do by the city, we got to make sure that we're using like kind properties. This is the biggest mistake I see people make on a daily basis. And for those who haven't bought into any course, they just listen and take all the free content. This this one's kind of pointed towards you because it's a whether you do it the way one of the the big courses of the twenty seven courses on land investing teach you to price. The same methodology has to happen in each one, or the same thing has to happen. Your pricing compared to like kind property, whether it's the same type of property, rec- recreational, it's an infill lot, it's a slightly subdivided ranchette with roads and stuff. You need to make sure your comps that you're getting your price base on matches what you're actually looking for. And the size is the same. So you can ask me, hey, Justin, why do you say 20 acres and above for recreational land? Because from the way I do it, the what I've seen, the price for 20 acres up to 100, there's not a big fluctuation. 20 to 40, there's really no fluctuation. Mm-hmm. But 20 to 100, there's really not a lot of fluctuation in pricing. And you tend to see... Depending on the county, right? Because in Tarrant County, there would be. It, there right? would be, but that's yeah. but we're talking recreational land. So yeah. that's, that's the first part is the size. So if I say, hey, a five acre anywhere that's been in a county that could have had been subdivided, could have had utilities added, could have had a blacktop road and a cul-de-sac and they're all five acre build lots... That's going to be priced different than a five acre in the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So even though they're in the same county, we want to make sure that we're looking at like kind of properties. Now, if I take that five acre that's on blacktop with underground utilities and I try to use it as a comp for my 25 acre that's out in the middle of nowhere that has a county road to it, but it's a it's a Caliche County road, mm-hmm. that comp is going to comp three or four times higher per acre 
than the other one. So when you mail an average of those two together, you end up with overpricing your 25 acre. And those people are like, heck yeah, I'll take that. Mm -hmm. So we got to make sure that we're looking at like kind properties being whether the size property types and and what we're, we're getting those in and we're making sure we're looking at it on the front end. Mm -hmm. I I always call it pricing consistency. Exactly. Right. Because I personally look for a County since we're mailing at a County level where there won't be that discrepancy. Yeah. And, and we talk about that check where you say, okay, Hey, I put all the comps in there for it and you've got 1800 bucks an acre, 1700, 15, 18, 17, 15, 18. And you're staying within a four or 500, a thousand dollar range. Well, if you see one that says $4,900 and everything else is pretty consistent in that the teen range, you're going to say, you should say, why the hell is this one $4,900? bucks?" Mm-hmm. So what do you do? You click on the link and you see it's got a barn dominium on it or it's got a septic, a, it's got a well, it's got three ponds that are stocked with speckled trout. You know, now there's a difference. You can't just get so blind to it and say, oh yeah, I'm just going to take everything off the page. You kind of have to look at that a little bit. And that's where controlling your data and your looking for that like kind on the front side really pays dividends for you. Mm-hmm. Or what about the sell side then? Did you, I think I know the answer, but do, when you're looking at sales comps, how do you, do you zoom in into that area, that one where the land is? I do it like we show on a land flipping blueprint, Mr. Southie, where we zoom in like with Lands of America. I, I, what I do if, so if I got a property back and I've looked at, the parcel boundaries, make sure it's got access. Now check the topography. And the next thing I do is I go to Lands of America. And I always start there because I like the map function there. I take that and I say, okay, hey, I look at the parcel map. I look at the map there and I say, okay, if it's, uh, we'll just call it McCurtain County, Oklahoma. McCurtain County, Oklahoma, I look up the pricing and I say, I know this property is 22, it's 27 acres. So I'm going to look up 20 to 60 acres, McCurtain County. And I'm going to hit search on Lands of America. It's going to pull up a list of properties that are for sale. Then I hit no on the residents. I hit yes on solds, hit apply filter, pull up the map. And then I zoom in to this exact parcel on that, on the map function. Just hit the control, zoom in with my little ball on my mouse, and I see it. I hit the, on the top, it says move, or research when uh, move, hit that, and I start zooming out real slow. And then I can see in that immediate area what's going on. The cool thing, like a, in a place like McCurtain, you have Broken Bow Lake. So south part of the county is fifteen, eighteen hundred bucks an acre. You get twenty five acres on Broken Bow Lake, and you get it for five, six hundred bucks an acre. You could retire and <laughs> never have to do a land deal again because it's going for fifty thousand bucks an acre. Well, I don't know if you can retire on all great deals in Broken Bow, McCurtain County area. Well, I'm not saying that all deals are like that. What I'm saying is that there is the reason. But you get we, what I'm saying? Yeah, I know that's where F in Oklahoma. Okay, deal all right. Was. I, for know, those, I don't know how far you were. Yeah, getting no, off there. No, for. I, I'm trying to not reopen any wounds for you, Adam. In the F in Oklahoma deal, y'all look it back up, episode, I don't know, whatever, 20-something, yeah. 40-something. But the idea of us going straight to that parcel and coming out to where you can see a 5, 10, 20 mile, so you have a good look at what's going on around it, it allows you what to see on the market and what sold prices are, and you have a really good idea what the value is. Mm-hmm. And all this kind of sparks because we've been seeing a lot of people like kind of misprice things. And yeah. that's how you lose money is over... Paying, you, you, right, well, that's that's end, where your risk you, is increased because you overpaid. So yeah. now, you, I mean, if it's a hundred thousand dollar deal and you paid sixty grand for it, so you paid sixty percent and you had a forty and you made forty grand, that's not a bad day. That's it's really not. But if you're paying twelve grand for a property that's worth eighteen thousand dollars and you got to still get it through closing, probably shouldn't do that deal. No, no. Yeah, I mean, that's, and that's and those are things that are popping up. One other thing is if you use the assessor model, where hey. 
The assessor usually charges, he taxes on a percentage of what the actual market value is, and you use that model. You may want to make sure that county really does it that way because there are there are quite a few counties that are within 80 to 90% of market value, and if you put it at assessor value, you're overpaying. I think I'm going to need you to explain on that. I think you're talking pretty, like, I don't know if I quite grasped everything you were just saying. Okay. So when you say when you're using there the assessor a, okay, model. I got you. Yep. There is a methodology taught in land investing world mm-hmm. that is to just offer assessor value because it's set at a certain percentage of what market value is. Oh, wow. That's ridiculous. I've never heard that before. <laughs> it's, it's, it's taught, Mr. Southie. Well, it, it's, it is what it is. And I actually do that on a certain asset class. I take the assessor value and offer a percentage of it. You take a percentage of assessor value, but that's not what you just said, though, right? The assessed assessor value. Yeah, that's what I just said. I thought you said you take the assessor, you you the, use the assessor value. Don't take a percentage of that. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, that's what I said. You're right. Well, you just said two different things. Well, here we go. <laughs> Jesus Christ, here we go. Lord, help me real quick, Mister Southey. Hey, it's the, not my fault. You the, can't explain the things. assessor value. <laughs> is taught some places to do that. Uh-huh. Justin on a different asset class actually uses that value, but it's a cash flowing asset, but I do it at a different percentage. I don't offer it straight across the board. Uh-huh. So for this So that part has nothing to do with what we're talking about right now. This is just me different. saying that it's actually it can be done in a different <laughs> okay. asset class. So right. they're not wrong, but you need to be very careful in that the asset class that you're shopping, that assessor value is extremely accurate. And, uh, and the reason I say that, and it, here's a god-awful truth property I looked at. That person followed that pricing methodology. Assessor value on this one property was $18,000. The comp, comparable properties all subdivided together. It was two rows on two streets of it, all 10 acres. The assessor value on every other one was two to $4,000. For some reason, the lady didn't get hers rezoned or she paid more and it triggered a, a reassessment that she was five times what everybody else was on her assessor value. So he offered everybody else two to $4,000. He offered her $18,000. That's weird. Yep. I, I can't... I Even if what, I thought that that was like a good idea, I think I would still have to check it for comps and whatnot before. If it's your brand new yeah, to the yeah, niche yeah, and that. somebody yeah. that you respect taught you that, then yeah. you kind of go with it. Yeah. So I'm not saying that. that it doesn't work because I have bought several properties using a similar type methodology but offering a percentage. And, and it's a rel- relatively high percentage, but because we knew that county's percentage was, it was a cash-flowing piece of property, and it was something that they had to get as much as they could on the tax base. It wasn't like, this raw, rural agricultural land here, or this is just NEC, cheap, got some kind of exemption on it, other piece of property. This is, you know, so there's there's a difference in that. So that's where that like-kind property type goes. Mm-hmm. That was a lot, man. Uh, you're like... A- you're a high today on like energy or something. You're talking a lot and real fast. And that's, I needed you to slow down and explain that last one a little more. 10 Krispy Kreme donuts. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. That'll do it. One that sugar high. <laughs> my pre-diabetes is kicking in. <laughs> but I think we, I mean, we said a lot cause we're going on now for a little bit, but I think the whole point is that like, you really need to pay attention to what the comps are telling you mm-hmm. and don't force a value and make sure the value you have is an accurate value based on that property and like kind properties. In. Yep. And don't overpay for it. Don't, you know, Use your air on the side of caution. Yeah. And being conservative is not a horrible thing. No. And you'll be safe. Okay. We're going to call right there. Uh, make sure you get in there and uh, go to Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Tell us your favorite donuts, local or Grosby Cream. Team, what'd you call it? <laughs> Grosby Cream? Oh, God. Team Crispy. And uh, then go to 
iTunes and Stitcher, wherever else you're listening to us, like, rate, review, and uh, subscribe to the show. We appreciate it. We love you. See you Friday. See you Friday, guys.